0: Welcome to C3 Wellington, we're a community on a mission to live, love and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. So, I'm hoping that this message series this morning and for the next three weeks after that is going to help you, encourage you, empower you, equip you to win the war in your mind. And uh, I just want to start by giving credit to Life Church, Pastor Craig Groeschel, again for the, the message bumper and the slides here. This is their handiwork, uh, Life Church in, in the States. I think they've got like 100 locations, massive thing. So good, so good. And they have open resources that they allow other churches to use. And so when I was on that, uh, I saw this, I thought, man, I want to do this. I'm like, babe, let's. what do you think? Said, yeah, let's do this. And I said, let's kick off the air with some practical, helpful uh, stuff. And so that's what we're doing. And so shout out to their team. for putting amazing uh, production quality stuff together that we have the ability to use. I believe he wrote a book called Winning the War. It's just like Dangerous Prayers last week, I believe. There's books here. I feel like I'm just like pumping Craig Brochelle material without even realizing it. But uh, there you go. If you're interested in the book, uh, go find it. Um, Maybe I might be encouraged to do so as well. Never read it. But anyway, are you ready? All right, message one of our message series called Winning the War in Your Mind is this. It's called Flip the Script. Flip the Script. You know, to flip the script is to reverse a situation and i believe that the, that the, that we need to be able to have the ability to flip the script and reverse the situation of the thought processes and the challenges of our thought life and i believe as we as as we go to flip the script on negative and destructive thoughts and and, and capture those things that try to capture us uh, to to bec- to turn defense this morning into offense because we're going on the attack Amen. mean we're going to win the war in our minds and so this morning my key my key verse is, is this. With, there's three of them. And it's in, you'll find it in 2 Corinthians 3 to 5. And I'm going to read it from the ESV. And then I'll read verse 5 from the Passion. But lean in here. This is our key verse for this one as we flip the script to win the war in our minds. It says this, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare and not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Verse 5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. If we look at that verse 5 in the Passion, I love this translation. Listen to this. It says, We can demolish... Every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God, we capture like prisoners of war. Come on. Every thought and insist that it bows in obedience to the anointed one. How powerful is that? That we capture like prisoners of war, every thought. And so this morning, this is not going to be a long message, but I really want to start off with a really pragmatic kind of message to give you something to start this month to to, to be able to apply as we win the war in our minds. And so this is a classic four steps to flipping the script. Four steps. We're not going to be here long. I just said that. Four steps to flip the script. Are you with me? All right, we're going to win this war. Here's the step number one. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. I'm going to, I'll, I'll break these down, but I'm, give you, I'm going to give you all four, and then we're going to break them down. Number two, capture it. So think about what you're thinking about and get in the habit of capturing thought. Get in the habit of stopping and capturing thought. Capture it. Number three, Test your thought. Test your thought. Sometimes we don't like to be tested, but we like things that are tested. Airplane pilots, for example, I'm glad that they have to be tested. Test your thought. And number four, decide what to do with your thought. So we're gonna think, we're gonna capture, we're gonna test and we're gonna make a decision so that we can win the war in our minds, amen? All right, here we go. Number one, think about what you're thinking about. Because here's the truth, positivity or negativity, good decisions, poor decisions, The origin begins with a thought. In the book of James, you'll see where it says that, uh, that, uh, that desire once gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, leads to death. And it, it's just almost like using... You know, human production, or or the production cycle, to show how we go from you don't just walk down the street one day happily married and fall into adultery. You don't just wander down the street, you know, like living a healthy life and then fall into alcoholism. You don't just there is a there is a process that happens. It starts with a thought. It starts with your mind being solicited. And then, if we encourage, if we if we allow that thought to take root, to sow a seed, it then it then, and then, and then it creates a desire. That desire is like all of a sudden we've got a, a, a like a, virtu- a virtual thought baby growing in our mind. Like we're now pregnant with a thought baby that <laughs> that when it gives birth to sin, and when it's fully grown, leads to death. That's what the book of uh, James says. And so, it's important that we understand that the origin. of, of all things positive, negative, good decisions, poor decisions, starts with a thought. Thoughts, uh, uh, thoughts set the GPS for our decision-making. Uh, they set the course of your life. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. Your thoughts dictate your trajectory. They dictate your direction. So very, very straight up, step one to flip the script is to think about what you're thinking about. I would call it mindfulness. Mindfulness is a real catch phrase nowadays. Um, uh, mindful drinking, mindful, like mindful eating. Like just be aware, you know, like don't be like me at a buffet where, you know, you got the small plate and you don't realize how much you've eaten, and then you wonder why you're like, you're just like, oh my gosh. Because you probably ate like three plates full, because you weren't mindful. You were just like, phew! You know, and like, and you like, you wonder why, you know, you've got indigestion and all, you know, and, and irritable bowel and all these sorts of issues because it was not, you know, weren't mindful in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and here's what I want you to understand about thoughts. In fact, I want to give you some questions about this. Ask yourself some thoughtful questions. Here's a couple of thoughtful questions you can ask yourself. Why did I think that? Why did I think that? And here's another one. Where did that thought come from? What was its origin? Simon and I were just having a chat about this. There's actually three places that thoughts can originate from. Did you know that? I mean, okay, first of all, I'm no, no, you know, psychologist or, you know. (laughs) So I believe. (laughs) I think there's three. I think you can generate thoughts. I think you as a creative being, you've got the ability to think and create thoughts. You can be thoughtful. You can make some choices. But this scripture we just read in Second Corinthians talks about a battle, that we don't wage war with flesh and blood things, with, with man-made weapons, but we wage war with spiritual weapons. And the war that we wage is a war about our thought life. He's saying we're going to take captive every thought, that we're going to wage war against these these thoughts and these things that are going to come against us and accuse us and accuse the Lord and come against the the, the thoughts and, and the plans and the purposes of heaven, that there's a spiritual force that's opposing. And the way I'd say this to you about that, so because you've got your thoughts and you've got demonic opposition. Jesus, before he started his ministry, went off into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is the son of God. And he had the enemy, he had the devil trying to sow that seed of desire through a thought. You can eat that stone. You don't need to be hungry. That's a thought that came to his mind and he had to speak that thought, the word of God. Then he goes on, he says, well, you know, if you, I'll give you all of the kingdom if, if, you just, if you just bow down before me or jump off this high point and the angels will catch you. He's just trying to solicit thoughts. And so even Jesus had opposition to his thinking. We got to understand that. We got to understand that not every thought that you generate, every thought that you think, you created. I think this is a really important thing. In some ways, it's great to separate your thought from you. Don't just think that, hey, I'm a bad person because I thought that. We need to be stop and go. Where did that thought come from? Because that is my key thought here. Not every thought is true. There's a reason why the apostle Paul instructs us to take every thought captive. Some thoughts need to be captured and destroyed, people. Yeah? Some need to be captured and destroyed. And, of course, the third, the third place that your thoughts will come is from the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your spirit, his thoughts to you. Amen. And that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. So we need to take every thought captive, which leads me to point number two. Come on. We're charging this morning. We're charging. Point number two, capture it. We're going to think about it. Think about what we're thinking about. We're gonna have mindfulness about our thoughts this week, and and as we move from this place today, we're gonna to be th- we're gonna be mindful about our thoughts. We're gonna ask those questions: Why did I think that? Where did that thought come from? Which one of those three places did it o- originate from? Yeah, and then we're gonna capture it. So, okay, it sounds great. So capture your thoughts, people. Yeah, let's pray and go. Like it feels like. I need some preg. like, can you give me some instruction? What does it mean to capture a thought? Like, just grab it, you know? Like, I don't know how you capture a thought. I have to keep pulling my pants up here. Um, I went for a 4K run already losing weight, people. All right, come on. That's not true. I just bought a big size of pants. <laughs> that's, the, that's the truth. All right, that's stretchy jeans. When you get to my age, you want, you want jeans that have got some stretch in them, all right? Preach. Amen. Okay. <laughs> So how do we capture our thoughts? Well, Paul gives us some how-to instruction. I love the fact that the Bible is so pragmatic. And I love that Paul's teaching. He's writing to a church in the, in the, in the city of Corinth. And he's like, I'm not just going to give you some flowery, yeah, amen. How do I do it? He's going to give you the how-to. Because he, he says this, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Okay? We take every thought captive to obey Christ, He's given us the how to. How do we take every thought captive? Your thoughts must be submitted to and aligned with Jesus Christ. He's saying, How do you distinguish? How do you know? You grab that thought and you go, would Jesus say this about me? Would Jesus think this about me? Is this in line with Jesus' teaching? Is this in line with the kingdom of God? Is this in line with life-giving, life-breathing, kingdom of God, gospel? Is this in line with heaven? Is this obeying Jesus, this thought? If it's not, then it gets booted. Amen. It gets captured. You don't obey Christ. You are a lie. You are not truth. Jesus is our ultimate, our ultimate example, and he's what we lay everything upon. Well, Jesus. Okay, that thought. Here's what I've got here. Because Jesus says this. He says, "I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life." He identifies himself as truth. So any thought that's not truth, we don't want to believe. We don't want to listen to. We, want, we don't want to give it the light of day. We don't want it to rent space in our mind. So anything that's, that Jesus would say, that's not truth, bye-bye. You're in the boot. You're out of my mind. Just a shout out to NF, if if you want someone that really digs deep on on the thoughts, he's got uh, a whole lot of albums, if you don't mind hip-hop, I love this guy, NF, and he's got an, uh, I think it's an album called Mansion, or he's definitely got a song, and he talks about your house being a mansion and the different rooms in your house, and what takes up space in your mansion, in the rooms of your mind, maybe some things need to get evicted this morning, eh, amen? Come on. So he identifies himself as truth. So, in order for us to have truthful thoughts and destroy lies, we must capture our thoughts and test their allegiance and obedience to Jesus Christ. Do they resonate with Jesus? His teaching, his love, his purpose. Here's my question Would Jesus approve this thought as an ally, or would he out it as an enemy? Would he approve the thought as an ally? Keeping this, by the way, I'm in camo this morning. That was purposeful, people. I'm in theme. Come on. I'm in theme. Already outed as an enemy. We need to capture it. Amen. Point number three. Point number three. Test your thought. So we're going to be thinking about what we think about. We're going to capture it. We're going to see if it's... If it's aligned with Jesus, is it an ally? Is that thought an ally to Jesus or not? And now we're going to test it because maybe you don't know. Maybe, maybe we need some more filters to run that thought through to help us understand, is it an ally or an enemy? Because who knows that lies masquerade as truths. I'll tell you this, when I uh, I've carried a passion and a burden for church planting, for pastoring. And I've always, I felt often very much disqualified. Like, who am I to think that? Almost like the devil loves to throw that you're arrogant if you think that. Like, you're arrogant. It? And like, it's like, you know, so you feel like, you know, humble. you. But I had this desire. And every time I heard someone preach, I'm like, I want to preach a message. Ah, oh, I just want. you know, you just kind of have these desires. And, uh, and here's something that I went through counseling. And, and, and in the counseling, uh, my counselor helped me understand some core beliefs that I had that were actually lies. So here's some core, cool, one of the core cool beliefs that I believed about myself was that other people held the keys to my life. So you'll often hear me saying, no one holds the keys to your life. No person has the power to your future, only God. God can open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. God brings influence, not man. And, and the other the other part is that is that whatever God has given you, whatever gifts he has given you, whatever passion, whatever desire, whatever calling he's put on your life is irrevocable. He never takes it back. Right? So, so I, in that moment, I realized there's this thing that I would believe about myself. And here's how it would play out. You'd have a guest minister or someone. I remember this time, Dean Rush, who at the time was the head of C3 Pacific, pastor of C3 Auckland, great guy. I love Dean and Fiona, amazing people. And, they, and, and he came to our church in Fidangu to the C3 and came to preach. And I was on worship. And I, and I felt like I had to impress him. I felt like I had to impress him because he was the one that would make the decision about whether or not, because he ran the region. And I thought it was his that would—he would be the one that would create the pathway. And so I had this pleasing man spirit that was upon me because of this lie that I believed in my head. It's so powerful, isn't it? So we need to test our thoughts. Let me give you a verse that would help you this morning to test your thoughts. Philippians 4, verse 8. And I know, people, that this is nothing new. I know that we're not making groundbreaking theology this morning. But come on, sometimes we just have to be reminded about the simple truths of life, don't we? Because this is a battle that we all face. So this morning, let's read it together. Philippians 4, verse 8, reading from the Passion. It says this, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic, love that word, and real, love that word, Honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. What a great way to test your thoughts is this honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. We can be the harshest critics on ourselves, can't we? There is no one more harder on you than you. We can be so mean to ourselves in our thought life. We can just beat ourselves up and spit ourselves out, can't we? Can we be kind to ourselves? it well, was a real m- moment for me when I realized that not only does God love me, because I think that's on God and God's amazing, so God can love me, but I realized I was lovable. You know, I'm not, I'm yes, broken, yes, yes imperfect, yes, all those things, but still infinitely lovable and worth dying for. And I'm not preaching some theology where, where you're the center of the gospel. No, Jesus is the center. I'm not preaching that the world revolves around me. I'm just saying that it, became, it was a powerful thing to know that I was worthy of love. Like, why be so hard on myself? When I, when I ran um, those ultra distant Okay, this morning <laughs> uh, this morning uh, my memory, uh, memory popped up. Bex, actually, on Bex's phone, but same day. And it was six years ago that I ran 100— 100 mile ultra race. So six years ago, this morning, yesterday I ran 4Ks, almost killed me. Uh, but six years ago I ran 100Ks. But I, I tell people when we talk about ultra running, it's hard enough physically without you being hard on yourself mentally in the run. So it's about having a positive, opti- a, 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 a positive realism is what I say, or an optimistic realism. Don't be, don't fool yourself. If it hurts, say it hurts. You know, don't say, oh, don't do the denial thing during the run because you're just adding pressure. Because you're trying to play this lie game with yourself, but you know the truth. So like, there's this positive realism, like it hurts, but I'm going to keep going. I've come this far, I can do another step. You know, and, and so don't, don't put extra weight on yourself mentally. Let's, let's be kind to, on, to ourselves. Let's, let's, let's realize, let's be pure and holy, merciful and kind and respectful to you. And just maybe if you are kind and respectful and merciful to yourself, you'll be that to others. Right? It's very hard to be, if you're very critical of yourself, to not be critical of others. It's very hard, if you're very unkind to yourself, to be kind to others. That's very incongruent. So let's maybe begin the process of actually just allowing kindness. Give yourself a break. Isn't that, Pastor Steve says, I can give myself a break. Come on. I love it. So good. Like, it doesn't end on you, but it starts and and, and carries out. Like, I love that we can overflow onto others but it needs to overflow. It means there's got to be an origin of starting and then overflowing. Romans 15, 13, and if they put it up, that's okay if they don't, because I didn't actually write the whole scripture out. I just wrote my thought on Romans, my sort of my, uh, you know, the outline of Romans 15, 13 is this, that the God of hope, God, who is the God of hope, wants you to abound in hope. His desire for you is to abound in hope, right? And so I tell myself, If this thought does not inspire hope, it's not from heaven. If this thought is not inspiring hope in me, then I'm going to capture it. I'm going to use that as another way that I can test the thought. God's the God of hope, and He wants me to abound in hope. No matter what circumstance I face right now, it doesn't change the point, the fact that God wants me to abound in hope right now. He didn't say, I want you to abound in hope 90% of the time, but there'd be 10% of the time you're going to abound in despair. He doesn't say that. He's saying that regardless of your circumstances, Proverbs Proverbs 3, that despite my, there'll be, surpasses my understanding. the, the, The peace of God will surpass it. As I lean into him, I can test these thoughts and decide what I'm going to accept and reject. Come on. We've got one more point, Troy. You can come and join me this morning. One more point this morning, and that is point number four, and, It's decide what to do with your thought. So we're going to think about what we're thinking about. We're going to decide, we're going to ask those questions. Where did that thought come from? Why did I think that? And then we're going to capture it. We're going to see, does Jesus approve of this thought? Is this aligned with his thinking, his teaching, his purpose, his love? We're going to test that thought through God's word. Come on, God's word needs to be the highest authority. If we're going to let something dictate and speak into our world, let's let it be the word of God. Let's let it trump everything else. I don't know about this thought. Well, lay it against the word of God and see if it gets through the fire of that or gets burnt up as lie. Is it eternal truth or not? And it leads us to four, decide what to do with your thought. I wanna encourage you this morning that you have the power. (laughs) That you have the power to decide what you do with your thoughts. Your thought life, you're empowered to oversee, to manage you're not disempowered, you're not overrun. I wanna just let you know that God's empowering you today. You have the power to think about what you're thinking about. You have the power to decide if you're gonna keep it or throw it out of your mind. You have the power to decide, does it go free or is it gonna be destroyed under the authority of God's Word in the light of His truth? Our thoughts are the motivation behind every action. Come on this morning, church, it's time to flip the script on stinking thinking. And I borrowed that from Jesse Duplantis, who's known as the Raging Cajun. He's still going, I believe, an amazing preacher of the gospel in America. He talks about stinking thinking with a Southern accent from New Orleans or Louisiana, something like that. But uh, come on, it's time to flip the the script on stinking thinking. Church, let's stand this morning. As I said, I wanted to kick us off this February with a message that hopefully is pragmatic and applicable. But that application is yours. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Church, this morning I wanna encourage us Four steps to flipping the script. Think about what you're thinking about. Capture it. Test your thought. Decide what you do to do with that thought. Think, capture, test, and decide. Let me pray for you. Father.